Hi, welcome to the Love and Serve podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and I am super excited to share with you. This podcast is all about loving where you've come from, loving where you are, and loving where you are going. I am honored to be on the journey of self-love with you together. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Love and Serve podcast. I am so excited to be here with you and speaking to you this week and being a launch pad for you to navigate your week in such a beautiful, blissful, mindful way. I am totally addicted to growth and personal development, have been for as long as I can remember. And it's so important to flood your mind with personal growth and good ideas because it's really conditioning us, right? It's helping us to expand our awareness, to put into perspective, you know, our, our life, where we're at, where we've been. And I do believe we're all here in this earth school together. So the more that we show up and do the individual work, we're able to impact collectively those who are unaware of the power that they have to actually heal their life with these tools that we learn from one another. And so I chose the topic of rejection this week because for me, I had an incident that happened and, uh, and I, I, I sat with it and I, I was wondering why I had a trigger with it, why I was reactive with it. And I got to the root that what was the, 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 the foundational emotion that I felt? And that emotion I concluded was the emotion of rejection. And so I decided to sit with my journal and I decided to go back to the first memory that came to my mind where I felt rejection. And as I thought of that memory, I knew I actually hit something when I got a little tearful. And I realized that that is possibly a wound that had not been healed yet. So I want all of you to think about this. Just take a moment if you can. I know many of you might be driving and listening to this, so you're not able to to take notes, but if you get a chance to have some quiet time to yourself, this might be a really great practice for you, is to go back to that time when you first felt rejection and what happened. And quite frankly, when I tried to do this, uh, when I did do this, I actually had so many memories flood my mind with the, of rejection that it was just, it was a lot. So. I, I imagine that many of us have the same story in terms of being rejected many times, especially in our adolescence, right? But one of the, the first memories I had remembered was 
when um, I had never, I was never in elementary school, um, you know, one of the popular kids. I actually uh, would get made fun of a lot. And I totally forgot about this, but I, they would, they would call me names like, um, crusty diaper. As weird as that sounds, my, my maiden name was Dupree and it was spelt D-I-P-P-R-E. So they just would call me crusty diaper and I, and laughing. And I remember just the, the embarrassment and the rejection I felt with that. And there was this cute boy in my class. And I remember um, these kids coming up to me and saying, oh, Zach, he likes you and he wants to be your boyfriend. And I remember getting so excited and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is amazing. Zach wants to be my boyfriend. Um, and then one of my very good friends who was very popular, they were actually a couple. So uh, I was thinking, wow, he likes me more than he likes my friend um, Ebony. And I remember getting so excited and just feeling like I was on top of cloud nine. And then we were standing in line waiting to go back into our school and everyone started laughing and the joke was on me. And evidently it was, you know, it was that typical, you know, story you've seen in so many Hollywood films, right? Where kind of the nerdy girl gets made fun of and uh, that's what happened. And it hurt. It hurt really bad. And I had still felt that emotion of that rejection in that moment of actually, you know, doing this work. And then it led me into other moments of rejection. But what's interesting is I was uh, recognizing my pattern. I started getting stronger definitely stronger with, uh, the way I would handle rejection. Thanks to my, my, my sweet mother. And so if you, if, if you want to know some, some, some elixirs for helping to cure some of our fears around rejection, I'm going to go into that here in a bit. But before we do that, I thought what I would share with you also is some, you know, some stories of people who've been rejected, who had experienced great pain, but yet kept on and what they, you know, where are they now kind of thing. But JK Rowling, you know, everybody knows who's, who's that is, who that is. She was the author of Harry Potter. She was rejected 12 different from 12 different publishers before she finally got a book deal. She went on to become one of the best-selling authors of all time with over 500 million copies of her books sold worldwide. Walt Disney, there's another good one. The founder of Disney Studios faced multiple rejections early in his career. He was fired from a newspaper job for lacking imagination and went on to start several failed businesses. He eventually created Mickey Mouse and went on to build an entertainment empire. And good old Steven Spielberg, the renowned filmmaker, was rejected from film school multiple times before eventually attending a lesser-known program. He went on to direct some of the most successful films in history, including E.T. and Jurassic Park. Oprah Winfrey, 
The medium mogul faced many challenges early in her career, including being fired from her first job as a TV news anchor. She persevered and went on to build an empire, including her own TV network and magazine. Good old Colonel Sanders, the founder of KFC, was rejected by by over 1,000 restaurants before finally finding a partner who agreed to serve his fried chicken recipe. He, uh, today, KFC is one of the largest fast food chains in the world. That beautiful Vera Wang, the fashion designer, was a competitive figure skater before transitioning to fashion. She was rejected from the U.S. Olympic figure skating team and later from the position of editor-in-chief at Vogue magazine. She then started her own fashion line, which became wildly successful. Michael Jordan, the basketball legend, was cut from his high school basketball team, which motivated him to work harder and become a better player. He went on to win six NBA championships and become one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Ariana Huffington, the co-founder of Huffington Post, faced rejection from publishers when she wrote her second book. She then started her own online news platform, which was eventually acquired by AOL for over $300 million. So... Obviously, these stories are incredible stories. And I want you to think about your story, the story that you have around rejection. And have you been in a pattern of fearing rejection? Or have you allowed rejection to be a catalyst? for your growth and success. See, when I was a young girl, I um, had been visiting my biological father, and I never knew he was my father until I was after the age of 10, and so at that time I would go visit him and his new uh, wife and their two children. And um, I wound up going to visit one weekend And I was so excited. I was so excited to see my dad. And um, he had shared with me that they were going to drop me off at um, the stepmom's mom's house while they went to a picnic uh, for his work. And he was taking his other two kids. And I had to go to the step-grandmother's house. And at that time, I didn't understand why they got to go, and I didn't. Of course, later on, I learned that he, uh, his wife didn't want um, everyone to know that my dad had another child with another woman. So uh, that's why I didn't get to go. But nevertheless, I was young and innocent and just went along with it. And so I was at my step-grandmother's home. And uh, she was, I was sitting on her orange shag carpet, and there, the Price is Right was on in the living room, and she was ironing some clothes. And I had remembered I had had, you know, um, I loved looking at the comics, and so she had a newspaper. So I started looking through the newspaper and looking at some of the comics, and there was an ad for the Miss Junior Kansas America pageant. Now, A few years earlier, I had made that my dream that I wanted to be in a beauty pageant. And I never knew how to get in one. And so this ad just appeared. And thankfully, now looking back, thankfully, 
my my father and stepmother didn't have me go to this picnic because this opportunity may have never appeared. And so I see this ad and I was so excited. I jumped up from the paper and I showed my step-grandmother. I said, I want to do this. This is my dream. I want to do this. And she looks down at me and she says, well, pageants are only for pretty girls and you are not pretty. Now, I was not used to somebody being like that because even though my mom and I didn't and my sisters we didn't have much my mom really spoke life into us um and she always told us we could be anything and do anything and so I sat down quietly and just a tear dropped from my cheek onto the paper and I didn't let her see me crying but I believed her Okay, I want you to think back about a time that somebody said something to you. They made you doubt or they made you believe their projection or their fear. Okay. And what you did in that moment. So in that time, I was, my dad picked me up um, and uh, that weekend when he, he took me home. I went into my room, I closed the door, I probably slammed the door, and I just cried in my bed. My mom, who was kind of like an Aaron Brockovich on steroids because she was just like, don't mess with my babies kind of mama, she walks into my room and she said, baby, what's wrong? I said, nothing, and of course she's like, baby, what's wrong? And I said, well, mom, I can't live my dream. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I can't live my dream because I'm not pretty enough to be in a pageant. And she said, what are you talking about? And I, she said, tell me, Christina. <laughs> Every time she was mad at me, she called me Christina. Tell me, Christina, what is wrong? What happened? What happened? So I told her what my step-grandmother said. And she said, baby, do you want to be in this pageant? And I said, yeah, mom, yeah, I do. And she, she stormed out of the room. She went into the kitchen and all we had in our fridge at that time was a big red Folgers coffee can with coffee in it. And we had some spam. It's all I remember having in the, in, in the fridge. She pulls out the Folgers coffee can. She dumps it all out. She gets a piece of paper and she writes the future Miss Junior Kansas America, Christy Dupree. And she tapes it on the Folgers can. She said, if you want to be in this beauty pageant, we're going to make and raise enough money so you can be in this beauty pageant. Every day after school, we're going to go. We're going to raise that $250. And I just looked at her with big eyes. And so she picked me up, you know, after school in her big blue station wagon. And my sisters were in the car. And of course, every day after school, we would go, she would have me go knock on doors. And she would be in the car waiting. She'd be smoking her little ciggy, and the girls would be fighting each other. And some of the times I'd have, you know, dogs chasing me, and people slam the door on my face. And I was so scared because there were people that, of course, were so loving and so, oh, you're so sweet, of course. And they'd give me $5, a little $10 here. No, you know. Um, it, it, it was... 
it was one of the greatest gifts that could have happened to me, right? Because in those moments we think about, oh my gosh, how could somebody say something like that to anybody or even a little girl? And of course, I felt like a victim at one point of my life. And I was so mad at, at, at uh, those family members that spoke those, you know, words of death into me, right? And fear into me. And, 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 but, you know, as an adult who's done so much work on herself, I now see that it was such a blessing. All of it. All of it. Even the step, you know, the stepmother who didn't want me to go to the park with him, the step grandmother who told me I wasn't pretty, you know, all of in the, the this 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 energy that my mother was, you know, the way she was able to just like, she's gonna prove it. That wouldn't she wouldn't have been that way if she wouldn't have had a hard life and been rejected. So that was such a gift for me because I learned how to handle rejection. And I learned how to not take it personally. And my mother taught me that if you want something, you go do it. You don't make excuses. You find the way. You just find the way. And so I wound up being in that beauty pageant and I had to borrow a dress and, um, I was so nervous. I actually was asked to, you know, to lead the girls on the stage. And um, I actually thought she told me to lead them off the stage. So I led them on the stage and then right off the stage to really mess up the show. And I remember, um, you know, crying in the bathroom because I made it, I wanted to make sure that that step-grandmother was there. Because I wanted to win, and I was going to prove to her. And um, I'm, I, I lost horribly and ruined the show. <laughs> and I'm standing in the bathroom stall with my mother, and the little girl's in there with her trophy taller than her. And I'm just crying, and my mom says, you know, she said some things that weren't so great. <laughs> Gotta love her. She, she was like, baby, you should have won that. That pageant was rigged. That pageant was rigged. <laughs> And it was crazy enough, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Not necessarily the most, uh, the best parenting technique, but it was what I needed to hear in that moment. And um, ironically, the step-grandmother was outside waiting for me to give me a hug and congratulate me. But I think at that time, I even taught her something because she was the one that had to live with that, right? And what she was projecting was just her own fear of her not feeling pretty. And so that incident actually helped me in my modeling career when I would go on modeling jobs or acting jobs. And I was just like, of course, I wanted certain things. But of course, when I got rejected, I was like, next, next, something bigger, something better is coming something bigger, something better. And I used these techniques to really help me to just keep propelling forward. A great teacher of mine once said, um, I'd said many, many times, you guys have probably all heard this, but rejection is God's protection or redirection. 
So just remember that. Rejection is God's protection or just a redirection. I now know that those relationships that didn't work out weren't meant to because something better was waiting for me. I know those business opportunities or those business partners that fell through, fell through because something better was waiting for me. So I really want you to understand, as you all know, if you look back to everything in your life that's been a, re, you know, a rejection moment for you, almost always you gain something from it, you learn something from it, or you got better from it. But rejection hurts a lot of times, you know, because we often feel unworthy, inadequate, or sometimes we don't feel like we're enough. Right? But this is where some people take rejection and they use it as an opportunity to grow, to improve their life, to learn, or maybe to even approach it at a different angle. Now, I didn't get to the top of my profession by not learning how to fall. Guys, I learned, I, I, I have fallen more times than I have succeeded. I mean, I'm a master at that. And I also had to learn how when I fell, when I do fall, not to beat myself up. How many of you are really good at shaming yourself or beating yourself up for failing? I love John Maxwell always talks about fell forward. Fell forward. Practice failing forward. But a lot of us fail to take action because of our, pa our past um, rejection and our fear around rejection. We don't oftentimes want to feel that hurt again. So we might pursue things that aren't actually in alignment with what we truly desire and want because we're afraid of being rejected or we're afraid of it not working out. I've started many companies and not all of them have succeeded. Most of them haven't. But what I've learned is that each time I learn something new about myself and uh, I learn something new about business. Allow rejection to be that catalyst for you to grow into the woman or man that you are really craving to grow into. When you are able to really handle rejection, you recognize that you gain this kind of resilience that is just, oh, it feels so strong and safe actually. It's when we don't go into the fire or walk on the fire that we're afraid of the fire. But once we walk on the fire, I have walked on fire at Tony Robbins' event a couple of times. And, you know, I remember the stories my mind would tell myself. Oh, my gosh, what if I fall down? What if I fall on my face? What if, I mean, it's crazy what the mind does. And you just 
you 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 try to predict all these horrible things that can happen but what you what we fail to realize is most of the things that we fear never ever become a reality so the things that you're afraid of doing right now are likely a lie and just an excuse for you to stay complacent or stay small so what is it that you have on your heart right now that you'd love to do or a person you'd love to connect with or call or maybe a date you would love to go out on, a person you would like to be friends with or what is it that it's just, it's just there like knocking but you're not answering because you're afraid. You're afraid. What if it doesn't work? What if I mess it up? I'm going to ask you to take a chance, roll the dice on yourself. Believe in yourself. Trust that inner guidance system that is there to guide you, who, that wants you to have this extraordinary life. You're designed to have an extraordinary life. You're destined to. But those voices in our head, they do. They're so loud. And a lot of the, the voices we hear in our head are also the voices of our family members or those teachers, that, those people that spoke negative things to us. And, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about helping and serving people, loving and serving people, because I've been there. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to feel alone and afraid to trust again, afraid to be rejected. But it all boils down to just when you, when you really do the work and you really begin to love yourself and you trust in yourself and you trust in your process, that it all works out. It all works out. So what are you going to do differently this week? Are you going to sit down and do some of the homework I've shared with you? You're going to do some journaling, write out the, the times in your life you felt rejected and what it brings up in you and how does rejection feel for you now? And when you do, uh, you know, put yourself out there in the future, because I'm challenging you to, to put yourself out there? What will your response be? Will it be a celebratory response within? Or are you going to hibernate into fear again? I'm going to encourage you to celebrate that you're taking steps forward to be more courageous, to be more of a giver, to be more in the light, to be more out, um, experiencing what it's like to, to test your human extraordinary potential, which is truly what you are. You might not think you are, but we all have a genius inside of us. I used to feel like, uh, I truly, guys, like all through school, I was a C, D average student. I had a hard time remembering anything. I was horrible at memorizing um, for tests. I was a horrible test taker. I 
oh my gosh, guys, I just was not a good student of school. I just wasn't. And it wasn't until my late 20s when I read my very first book that I enjoyed and I just started diving into learning about things that I loved, things I wanted to learn about. And then I started uncovering what my gifts were. I had no idea I had gifts. We all do. But you, at some point, have to pray for the right people to come in and to to open you up to to showing you different ways that can expand your consciousness and open up your eyes and your heart and your soul to your soul because we're all meant to discover our genius while we're here. And I know that you want to discover yours. I know that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You're already someone who's doing the work. You're already someone who wants to love and wants to serve, or heck, you wouldn't spend this 30 minutes with me. So I just want to celebrate you for that and just remind you that we're all in this together and you've just got to take more swings, get up to the plate more and swing more because you're never going to hit a home run in your life if you don't at least play the game. All right? And you're not going to win if you're sitting on the bench watching everybody else play their game. And at least other people getting up and trying to hit the ball. Because you know what? If you get up and you try to hit the ball, if you swing it enough times, you're eventually going to hit it. So thank you guys for joining me on another episode with Christy, the Love and Serve podcast. And you can learn more about all of my offerings and my master classes, my cosmic love oil. God, I love that oil. It's so magical. Um, you can learn about my coaching. You can learn about prosperity panties. You can learn about the documentary that I co-produced all the things, all the stuff um, to inspire you that if I can do it, <laughs> you can too. So check out my website at christydryling.com. And if you like it, leave us a positive review. Share this podcast with other people that you know might be suffering with having a hard time with rejection and how to handle it and how to navigate it. And because, uh, you know, we're all in it together. I, I'm constantly sharing podcasts with all the ones I love, like all the time, <laughs> all the time. Um, just because I, you know what? I don't know. I'd want someone to do it for me. So I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you next week on love and serve. Thank you so much for listening to the love and serve podcast. It is my sincere hope that the rest of your day is filled with abundance, love, and light. Know that I believe in you, and when you shine your light, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same, as stated by Marianne Williamson. You are making an impact. I can't wait to see you on the next episode of Love and Serve. For more information, you can visit us at christydryling.com and follow us at Christy Dryling Beauty.